If you're slow in the animal kingdom, you'd better have a plan when trouble comes a knocking. Some animals freeze, some hide, some attack, and even others just have a lot of babies, knowing that most will be et. The slow lorist is all of the above, except for the babies thing. But if you're also a slow attacker, you need some punch in your bite, or bite in your punch. But giving potential predators the business is how this little loris survives here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. <laughs> Thank you to Cassie Michelle for creating the theme song. Hear more of Cassie's music by searching Cassie Michelle on YouTube. Today we're talking about a sluggish forest clown, but more on that later. Sluggish forest clown. Yes, I love it. So let's talk about the names of the thing. What are we talking about? We're talking about, uh, I say, it's the slow loris. Yes, the n- mean nickname that kids give like this poor girl at summer camp who can't keep up when they run the mile or it's or it's (laughs) one of fat albert's friends like this is slow (laughs) doris this is fat albert this is slow loris (laughs) like it's also like not extraordinarily slow it's just very methodical and fluid with the way in the way it moves it is pretty slow but like when you think of slow animals you think of turtles tortoises and snails but it, it can move. Right, but it, it spends... Anyway, we'll, we can talk about it We can as we as we move forward in the description. Well, what? You got any nicknames? Oh, yes, it's nickname time. Uh, we are going to... It's called the Slow Loris, which is a great name to start out with, but um, we're going to call Specifically, it... Specifically, we're talking about the Sunda Slow Loris, right? The Greater Slow Loris. Basically, it's the one that if you go into YouTube and type in Slow Loris, this is the one that you're going to see. Um, it's the... It's, in my opinion, the cutest, but it's also the most iconic. But we're going to call it, here, the Vapid Venom Vizier, the Poison Panda, and Monkey Munches. <laughs> nice. Because I've I, I spent about 20 straight minutes uh, watching a slow loris eat things, like bananas and rice balls and bread. It's adorable. It was, it's great. So I just watched the Monkey Munch. <laughs> well, that that's a little inaccurate, and here we're going to talk about why. You ready for the for the taxonomy? Yes. It's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom Animalia. Yes. It's in the phylum Chordata. You know what that means? I do. It means it's a bird. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, darn it. Well, birds are Chordatas. Yeah. The class is Mammalia, which means it's not a bird. Hey, look! Look! Look, uh, look at me doing a. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm covering a mammal this time. Branching Look out. Look at you. Look at us. Who would have thought? The order is primates. You know what those are. That's why I call it a monkey. That's about as the- far as it goes. <laughs> yes, but because of the suborder, which is strep, strepsirini, 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 strepsirini. That's what I would say. Strepsirini. That suborder is the branch of primates that diverges from apes and monkeys. Instead, it's made up of lemurs, bush babies, 
potos, just anything adorable in the primate family, it might be in this suborder. Monkeys are pretty so, adorable. Some yeah, but maybe not as much as these. No, 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 no. Because no. the uh, some it, it's a toss up. Some, some just by and large, strips Sirhini is very cute. They but they differ from simians because of their carnivore esque faces, wet noses, which is indicative of some an animal that relies on smell for some reason. Uh, they have powerful hmm. senses of smell, and they have a. V- Vomero-nasal organ, which helps them detect pheromones, which apes do not have. And they're also not as big-brained as simians. And they rely less on high problem-solving levels of intelligence. And they're more primitive in their, you know, mental makeup. But they still grasp things, and it's great. That's right. They do still have an opposable thumb. Uh, They're in the family Lorisidae. Lorises, mm-hmm. and then the genus Nycticebus. Yeah, Nic- that that sounds right that's... to me. Wow, uh, and then the species is Kaukang. 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 Kaukang gang. Nycticebus Kaukang or Kaukang. Nice. Kusain. No. Kusain Bolt. <laughs> Kusain Bolt. It's not exactly the. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue like slow loris does. So we'll stick with that. Or the poison panda. Yeah. Love that. Um, but since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or the name of the term of venery, or what is the collective noun? Um, it's all the same, basically, the group. And we have one. I, th- I thought I was going to have to do lemurs, because I was like, there's no way there's one for lorises. But there is one for lorises. So let's nice. let's let's dive into this. So, uh, Joe, if you saw a bunch of slow... Slow lorises. I just love saying the fact that slow is in their name. Um, <laughs> there's just a bunch of slow lorises. Um, would you say that's a lollygag of slow lorises? That's A, is lollygag. Uh, B is drape of slow lorises. C is plot of slow lorises. And D is drove of slow lorises. What was B? Drape. D R A P E. I really want it to be a lollygag, but that's too perfect. Drape, final answer. Incorrect. The answer was drove. I know it's. Oh, not- thank goodness. <laughs> I'm glad it's not lollygag. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want it to be, I, but I also didn't want to be wrong about that. If whenever there's one that I want it to be, it always makes its it makes it its way into the critter groups lineup. Um, Every once in a while, the thing that, like congregation, yes, that's for, the one I wanted it for, to be, and it was that. For praying mantises, yes, that was absolutely perfect. Um, but the slow lorises are more well-known than I thought they were, so they, they actually have several um, names. So if we ever do another slow loris, I'll have a backup. But nice. why don't you tell us, we've, we've called them cute, so like... Just tell us what to paint, paint a picture. How cute. Well, the slow loris is a small, furry, forest baby with big anime eyes, teddy bear ears, and a hairy little people hands. 
a hairy little people hands. I didn't write uh, but I said it out <laughs> loud. Um, <laughs> uh. So their fur comes in light brown to dark red with a dark stripe along the spine. They also have white stripes on their noses and dark circles around their eyes. Their fur is thick and almost woolly in texture. The, uh, they technically have... The say? dark circles around their eyes aren't just dark circles. They're like dark teardrops. So they always look afraid and concerned. They, they always look like... like uh, <laughs> Slow Loris looks like you've just given... Like you've just reprimanded him. And he's really, really sorry about what he did. Like I can't imagine getting mad at his slow lords. <laughs> he just looks like he's he he's he's like you 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 gave him a tongue lashing and he re- went and hid underneath something <laughs> and he's just he's just peeking out going like I'm I'm sorry. It does it looks like um puss in boots like the yes the little like kitty cat face. If ever all the time. if ever an animal was a character in a Dickens novel this this would be it. He's like that adorable little um, gutter snipe with the heart of gold. He's just dealt a bad hand in life, and but but you you know he has that potential. Please, sir, can I have some more? They technically have a tail, but it's tiny and vestigial, just like a bear. Hmm. Not very useful. So they don't. It's a. It, you can see it on the skeleton, but you can't really. You can't usually see it on the loris. The full loris. But I refuse to talk. believe that these animals die. I th- they don't. They, when when they, when it's time when it's their time, I think that they just uh, turn into butterflies. <laughs> Are you ready to hear the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms? As ready as I will ever be. Bring it on. Okay, welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show that's when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show when we that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro today. Oh. But we, so that means we get to hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Rats. Man, I struggled through that because I was actually trying to read it this time for some reason, and I realized I've for the past several weeks I've memorized it. You just need to make it your mantra. Let's get into it. Let me pull this up. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. All right, I'm going to be patient and let you tell me the options this time. Okay. Is it A, a burst-horned baboon tarantula? B, a hissing cockroach? C, a Canadian goose? Or D, a gopher snake? A gopher snake? Didn't know there was a gopher snake. Uh, I am always surrounded by Canadian geese, or at least my house is. I'm not. That would be crazy if i was constantly surrounded (laughs) so i know i've never heard them make that sound so we can rule i think we can rule that one out safely i i i don't think that there if there was a if there was a tarantula that made a sound like that i feel like i would have heard about it um like i have heard about the hissing cockroach so um i will rule out the tarantula 
It's either a gopher snake or a hissing cockroach. And I haven't heard a hissing cockroach before. Um, but I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the hissing cockroach. That's my final answer. Final answer. Yeah. That is correct. Yes. The th- all of these animals hiss. Uh, you can look up a video. The, I almost went with the Canadian goose because it sounds like a freaking snake hissing. But there are other gooses making typical goose noises, traditional goose noises <laughs> in the background, and that would have totally given it away. <laughs> is this a goose or is it a snake that has been dropped into a pen full of geese <laughs> it's a goose uh but also the tarantula stridulates that make in a way that sounds sort of like hissing tarantulas are uh fascinating and terrifying and they need to stop they need to stop <laughs> they need to stop being able, well, being able to do the things that they could do <laughs> Well, let's get right into it. Length. They are 27, between 27 and 38 centimeters, or 11 and 15 inches. Let's go with a large and 15-inch loris. Okay. How many of Malaysia's special commemorative edition 600 ringgit banknote, ringgit, is the, is the currency, uh... How many of these commemorative ringgits go into the length of a slow loris? This is a this is a bill. Or you yes okay worth six hundred ringgits. So here's a hint: the special ringgit was printed to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the signing of the Federation of Malayan Independence, the Federation of Malaya Independence Act. Uh, and the 60th anniversary was in 2017, which was when Malaysia uh, became a sovereign nation and a member of the Commonwealth of Nations. So this was written poorly. The 60th anniversary is in 2017, and it commemorates the date 60 years ago in which this it became a sovereign nation. Uh, the note is for 600 ringgits, which is like 143 U.S. dollars, but it's actually worth much more than that due to its rarity, up in the thousands of ringgits. So how many of these go into the length of a slow loris? I'm going to say three. Three notes, three ringgits. Because I'm imagining the length of just the average kind of paper currency that a country has. And I think five inches is is a pretty safe bet. I know China's got like really, like much shorter ones. I think they're like three inches, but still, it can't be that. It's either it's either three or five, and I'm going to go with three. Final answer. Yes. The correct answer. Before I give you the, you that, let me just tell you, this is the largest official banknote in the world. Oh, that would have helped. And it's actually one note. Did you say one to one? Did you say that? Did I miss that? No, oh. uh, it's it would have been too good of a hint. <laughs> so, uh, this the special RM six hundred was twenty two centimeters by thirty seven centimeters, which is about nine inches by fifteen inches. Okay, that's pretty big. I mean, that's I mean, it's not like a it's not like one of those giant checks they give people, but it's no, but it's a an official banknote, and it's fun. 
the width. Let's talk about width. They are 599, between 599 and 685 grams, or to 21.1 and 24.2 ounces. Let's call it 24 ounces, or 680 grams. How many lorises go into the weight of the two trains that Velu Rathakrishnan, Rathakrishnan, it's very phonetic, I shouldn't have struggled. You nailed it. The weight of the two trains that this man pulled with his teeth in 2003. <laughs> Guess where he's from? Uh, Malaysia. Malaysia. Here's a hint. The the feet got Rathakrishnan a world record and the nickname King Tooth. He trained for the event through meditation, jaw strengthening exercises, and lifting 250 kilos with his mouth. He also ran like he did some jogging. You got to have... Well, he has to pull. He had to pull a train, so I guess you did. He did have to have cardio. He had to have the 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 pipes to be able to to roar like he must have through his teeth as he was pulling it. Um, two hundred fifty kilos. That's how he trained. That's a good basis point. And I and the and the the uh, the pun is not lost on me. I know he trained for it, <laughs> but also. He's pulling. He's lifting 250 kilos off the ground. This is pulling. When he's yeah. pulling the trains, he's just pulling them on wheels on a track. Yes, but even on wheels, he still needs to overcome static friction and then keep them and then like increase, uh, you know, inertia in order to <laughs> to move it anywhere. 250 kilos is about 500 pounds. He could do that, like 520 pounds. He could just lift with his teeth. Bananas. He can. So I'm going to say uh, the answer is... That's hard to do with your legs. Five, I can't <laughs> I couldn't, I can't squat 520 pounds. You could with some training. Yeah, with... Sure, sure, yeah. But, like, my legs it's, are a lot. It's something you can do with training, but it's still difficult. I don't know how his teeth stay in. Like, you can get your jaw as... as strong as you want but like if your teeth ripping out of your gums uh, <laughs> well if you if you're putting pl- applying enough jaw pressure on the bite then you can overcome the force you know, and crack your teeth pulled out of your mouth people who grind their teeth or clench their 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 jaws often crack their teeth just by that alone this man's a superhuman he should have been on stanley's superhumans maybe he was probably um, I'm gonna say two tons. Four thousand. Two tons. Four thousand pounds. So that's about. And so we're talking about twenty-four ounces, which is uh, a pound and a half. Exactly. The answer is two thousand six hundred and sixty-six. The mark of the beast. <laughs> Final answer. Uh, yes. Two. Basically, I'll just say twenty-six hundred. Pound, uh, 2,600 loris is, that's how much he could pull. The correct answer is 383,529 lorises. Oh my goodness. That... The two trains weighed a combined 260.8 metric tons or 574,968.58 pounds. I can't, I have to look this up. <laughs> There's a video. That's that's insane. I was just picturing him like pulling like a big truck or something like that worth of train, like a like like 
like a couple light train cars or something like that. I don't know. That's crazy. That's the most ever. It's the most. <laughs> it is the most. <laughs> he did it. It's a record. Um, so <laughs> let's talk fast facts. You ready for that? Yep. Uh, the slow loris is from Indonesia, Thailand, Singapore, and you guessed it, Malaysia. Their arboreal animals, so densely forested areas are ideal for them. Uh, loris locomotion is considered unique. Moving in any direction is slow, methodical, and it looks a lot like climbing, even if they're not climbing. Um, they often move noiselessly, even when moving from branch to branch. They're also said to move in a snake-like fashion, probably because they have this extra vertebrate that makes their spine flexible and wiggly, I suppose. They curl up into a ball often. Very cute. Very cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a video featuring a loris with its arms raised as it's being tickled popularized the animal as a pet. Apparently, though, uh, the arms raised stance, while adorable, is a sign of distress, and lorises make terrible pets. Uh, Here's some reasons why. They're nocturnal, and brightly lit rooms can actually cause significant discomfort for the animal, whose eyes are giant and designed to take in as much light as possible. Even though they're called slow, they travel large distances at night in the wild, uh, so small cages don't allow them to express a natural range of motion. The, the loris is in danger of extinction due to habitat loss and the pet trade. It's illegal in many countries, and it's even uh, illegal to export them. So you shouldn't have them as pets, even though they're adorable, and I really want to. But there's one more reason they shouldn't be kept as pets and uh you are i think going to talk about that right um also the slow loris can live to be like 25 years old so you buy that you're stuck with it my uh i i used to, i worked with um somebody who were the the owner um had a kinkajou which is not a slow loris, but it is a similar lemur type primate. And those things live for like 40 something years. So, and they're nocturnal and they're, they're part of the exotic pet trade. So, uh, it, and it was a, it was a, a nuisance to that guy to say the least. So just don't <laughs> just buy regular pets, please. Home, homegrown. Dogs are literally adapted to live with humans yeah they actually can't not live with humans uh very well at least they can but they get huge packs and stuff like that they're they're completely domesticated um all right so here's here's the the last reason why you wouldn't want to have one as a pet uh so these wide-eyed and adorable little tree rabbits have a dark secret they're slow yeah, well, they, they, I mean, they, they move it like mock sloth in order to avoid disturbing the tree, like you said. Um, they don't want to attract any attention when they're crawling around, so they they move as slowly as possible so it doesn't, like, you know, the whole tree branch doesn't move and, and tell a hawk that, hey, there's a really slow, delicious animal here. Um, 
And if, if they do accidentally disturb the tree or if they are disturbed, then they immediately freeze and like and they, they do put their hands over their head. They kind of like cover. It's, it's really cute. They, they put their hands like just over their face and eyes, like in a clear demonstration that they don't understand object permanence. They're like, if you can't see me, I can't see you. I am gone. You are gone. Danger is not there. We're, we're good. I'm safe. I don't know why they do that because there's no way that it works. But maybe, I don't know. It, it hides their eyes. Maybe their eyes are easy, easier to spot because they're enormous and they can stick their whole fists in them. That's how big they are. Um, if hawks have flashlights, they do light up. <laughs> because they unlike, unlike simians, they have that... I forgot what it's called. The th- stuff in their eyes that makes them see better at night, but also oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Light. I don't know what that's called either. But like cats have it and stuff like that. So since they're slow and slow lorises can't hope to outrun even like an ambitious vine, um, they need a solution when they're cornered, and that's where their second dark secret comes in. They're actually venomous. Kinda, kinda. Okay. Uh, Venomous mammals aren't unheard of, but they're also not common. There's not a lot of them. Uh, I'm thinking of shrews and uh, the platypus. Uh Anything else? Moles and bats. There's some moles and bats. Moles and bats. Um, But yeah, this is shrews, moles, bats, and platypuses. Platypi. but the slow loris is the only venomous primate in the world. But it's not venom it's not venomous in the way that you might think. So most venomous animals secrete the venom in a gland and inject it either through like hollow needle fangs, like snakes and spiders and conches and insects and fish and stuff like that. Um, or they have a special like they have special stinging cells that release the um, the venom. Like jellyfish or man of war or something like that. Um, but the important thing is that the venom is created and introduced at the point of contact. So there's you know there's a gland that produces it and then it it just it feeds into this recept this um, this administration receptacle which is like a fang or you know like a stinging cell or something like that. But the slow loris has to take an extra step if it wants to bring the pain. Because the venom is actually more like poison. It's produced in a gland called the brachial gland. And it's located on the inside of its cute little elbow. So when it's threatened, the gland will secrete this toxin. Kind of like if you mess with a toad, it'll secrete the toxin out of its glands. Um, and uh, we, we know that toads are not venomous, they're poisonous. So this very similar thing happens with the the loris. But the difference is the loris will lick the toxin off of its own elbow to coat its mouth and teeth in this poison. And then it will bite, which will inject the poison into its, into its attacker. Um, so yes, effectively it's venom, but it doesn't really work like most venom. It actually works like poison. If if a frog could lick the poison off of its back and then bite you to administer the poison, then that that's basically what it would do. Um, but I also don't want to gloss over the secondary major fact that it can lick its own elbow, which is 
for primates, pretty impressive. <laughs> um, but if you're handling a slow loris, you don't have that much to fear um, unless you have a serious cat allergy because the, ta the toxin is actually similar to cat dander. It's not cat dander, but it has similar properties. Um, it usually uses its venom to uh, attack you know, potential predators like hawks and eagles and sun bears and clouded leopards and even our own taxonomy titans like orangutans and binturongs. Um, this is all slow lorises, by the way, they, that do this, not just the um, the uh, the one in Malaysia. Um, and it can even coat the top of its head with the toxin by, like, you know, using its hands and then curl up into a ball with its the help of his extra vertebrae and uh, that'll ward off attack the the toxin apparently smells really bad kind of like the horned lizard uh, eyeball blood so predators are more likely to back off when they smell it um they also communicate with it yeah they'll also bite each other <laughs> they 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 are very much what i imagine a jawa is underneath the hood <laughs> because ja because they have those glowing little eyes. Yeah. And Jawas are said to communicate with a so uh, sound and smells. I did not. I've never heard of that before. A sound made sense because they do have their adorable little language, but I didn't know they released pheromones. But I, if they if they pulled back one of those hoods and I saw a slower loris, I would be pleasantly, um, but only slightly surprised. But despite being looking like they do, not Jawas, the slow loris, um, they they are pretty combative. They'll fight each other over territory and mates. And this is the number one cause of death for slow lorises in captivity, is fighting each other. I imagine it's like a tai chi. Have you ever seen that? Um, the video of the tai chi battle <laughs> where they're like they do these like it's these two guys and they're dressed up like karate or you know whatever and they're 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 fighting and but it's tai chi so they're moving really slowly and doing all these slow movements but as soon as they touch the other person he like vomits <laughs> like it hits him in the stomach and he like throws <laughs> up and falls over because <laughs> it's just so powerful the tai chi transferred all of his chakra over um but no, I, I, a slow loris can move quickly when it wants to, um, it's particularly in, in short bursts. So they do lunge and attack each other. Um, and they're clearly not immune to their own venom. Um, well, they might be immune to the venom that they secrete, but they, they're not immune to the venom of other slow lorises. Um, and they will, they will bite humans. I don't want to uh, downplay that. I know I said, like, you don't have very, very much to fear, but... Uh, if you give them a reason to bite you, they will bite you, and um, this gives this usually results in swelling. It's not really that big of an issue. It's like being injected with cat dander. Um, but one person did die, but that was because of anaphylactic shock. Yes, meaning they had a severe uh, allergic reaction to to the uh, the toxin and died. Um, but for the most part, you're going to it's going to be a, a cut because they bit you and then that cut's going to feel a lot worse than it would have if you got bit by something that didn't have venom. So um, the prevailing theory is that the slow loris gets its toxins from the insects it eats. So lorises in captivity are less likely are less likely to be as venomous as the ones in the wild. 
And because most bites on humans happen in captivity, uh, we don't really know uh, exactly what will happen if you find one in the wild and get bit, whether it will be like a lot worse or it's probably going to be worse. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's the slow loris. It's a little, it's a little monkey panda that is uh, actually venomous. It's adorable. It it is really, I, I don't recommend that anyone buys one, but I Um, recommend, I recommend, do you recommend looking up videos of it? Looking up videos of them eating bananas for an hour. Yeah, but then you're also supporting the Slow Loris channel, which is clearly somebody who has bought a Slow Loris. <laughs> oh, dang it. Look up a zoo's <laughs> channel that have a responsible area for them to walk around in. Oh, another reason that they make bad pets, well, well, the pet trade is bad for them, is that to avoid humans getting bit and like hurt by this toxin... They will file down their teeth, ooh, so and then feed them like mush, mushy bananas, so they don't have to like rip stuff apart as much. That sounds not good for them. It's like declawing a cat. If you you basically you can never let it like back into the wild at that point. But once you're, I imagine once you're holding a slow loris, you would be incapable of releasing it. <laughs> Emo- you're never gonna put it down emotionally again? incapable of of until opening up your you. arms and and yeah i guess until it bites you but even then it's gonna look at you with a face like i didn't i didn't, did i do i, that? I didn't bite you <laughs> i didn't mean to <laughs> and you're gonna be like oh ow 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 your fingies look like bananas <laughs> you're like you're right <laughs> and you're gonna, I apologize. And you're gonna be like ew don't talk like that um <laughs> that's all i got you got anything else on the slow loris? That's all I got. All right, so for you out there in Podcastia, slow down. Take life in stride. And don't forget to use your venom if you've got some to spare, like the slow loris here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey everyone, Carlos here. I just wanted to take some time to thank you for listening to our show. We know you have a limited time during the day, so we're just happy you spent some of it with us. We truly appreciate you and we'd actually love to hear your feedback. If you have an animal you'd like us to hear about or have any comments about our show, you can email us at ldtaxonomy at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter at ldtaxonomy. Once again, thanks for listening. It means the world to us, and we'll see you next week. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. (laughs) Well, because sometimes weird stuff is fun. I like weird stuff. I don't really like weird stuff.